Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, the 11th of September. The weeks are rolling past really quickly at the moment. Not. The good news is Victorian cases are under 50. Maybe we will get there in the end. Overnight, Wall Street not behaving down 405. That's down 1.45%. The sell-off led again by technology stocks down 2%, or NASDAQ down 2.12%. Our futures this morning were down 79, but our market opened down 72 and is currently down 49. So not too bad the damage, it looks like. Although our technology stocks, and particularly buy now, pay later, getting it in the neck with Sezzel down 5.7%, APT down 3%, OpenPay down 4.5%. And Zip down 4.4%. We also have Nearmap down 10.4% today. Kogan down 3%. But APT the worst performer in the ASX 200 this morning. Now, moving on to strategy. The NASDAQ's the root of the problem. I've put a chart of the NASDAQ in the strategy piece. You'll see it is respecting this 50-day moving average. Maybe that is the support level after all. It's all a bit of hocus pocus though. But anyway, respected the 50-day moving average for the second time last night. And I've put today the chart of the ASX 200 in some detail, which shows us stuck in this sideways trading range and heading from the top to the bottom of the range at the moment. The bank sector just sliding quietly away, the energy sector sliding away, the resources sector topping out. It's all rather uninspiring. But I think it's uninspiring rather than panic-inducing. It's a lull rather than a sell-off, and we are drifting rather than collapsing. And is more the herd turning on the technology sector than any fundamental deterioration. And with nothing fundamentally wrong, particularly in the technology sector, the buyers are going to come back in soon enough. So I don't think this is a cash-out moment. It's a regular market setback moment, and that shouldn't do us too much damage. And the mood could change very quickly for the better with vaccine developments, Australian case numbers falling, a good FOMC meeting next week, some election certainty, some thawing in US-China relations. Ultimately, the virus news is unchanged. The recovery story is unchanged. So I think we just have to look through to the other side of this dip. On some of those themes, AstraZeneca have said overnight that they still expect to have a vaccine by the end of the year. And they could, of course, come out with some of those safety data conclusions at any minute, which might say that everything's okay or not. We'll see. On the election front, there are some graphics going around showing Biden getting well ahead. And even in the marginal seats, or marginal states rather, he seems to be winning. And I think either way, although Biden probably won't help the stock market, more medium and longer term, the strategist's conclusion is that it's not going to make much difference to the economic trajectory, whether we have Trump or Biden. I think for the next six weeks or so, any sort of certainty over who is going to win, particularly if Biden's going to win, will probably be viewed positively by the market. It's the uncertainty that's the killer rather than the outcome, I think. And the other thing to look out for next week is this FOMC meeting. They are hardly going to be telling us that they're not going to be printing money or they're not going to support the economy or they're not going to support the market. They are probably going to reiterate the positives 
from Jerome Powell's change of policy last week, allowing inflation to run until the economy catches up. And that should be seen positively by the market. Now, had a lot of chat this morning with the team about the portfolios and the growth portfolio in particular. Uh, we have thought about running up cash. Our main debate was whether this was a cash out moment. And as as I say, I don't think it is or we don't think it is. And we thought that maybe we should be running up the cash. But again, we think that's short term stuff. We're still confident of this recovery theme medium term. And the main reason to cash up would be so we could buy back at cheaper prices. It's not to get out of the market because we think there's some collapse. It would be to buy stocks lower down, but we don't see this as a big sell-off. And if we sell it now and the FOMC is positive, we could be buying back next week. So we're just going to leave it as it is. The sell-off may develop, but again, it's a technology thing, not a fundamental thing for now. So we expect to control the dip rather than a panic sell-off. So cash staying where it is or not feeling obliged or pressured to run up the cash. We talked today as well about increasing the number of holdings, that is more stocks by number, which we want to do. And we want to rebuild a solid weighting in technology stocks. And hopefully we're going to get that opportunity. And we want to rotate from this recovery setting we've got after the recovery happens into growth and slotting some technology stocks in there at the bottom rather than the top would be nice. So we're looking to do all that. But this recovery trade for the moment is taking its time. And for the moment, we're going to see it out. And hopefully the opportunity to buy technology stocks is going to present itself. Other thoughts, we thought about selling Harvey Norman just because the charts come off the top and it's had a great run. And we think there's going to be a fiscal brick wall when JobKeeper, JobSeeker comes off, when the doors shut on taking money out of super early. And when people start moving around again, when people start moving around again, they're going to stop spending online. They're going to stop buying sofas and they're going to stop spending 10 grand they pulled out of their super fund on bull bars and alloy wheels. And there will be a fiscal brick wall, but it probably won't upset Harvey Norman too much. It is a cheap stock. The brokers like it. It's on a yield of 8.8%, including franking, a P of only 12.3 times. So we're just going to keep holding it. We'll be buying it back again if we sell it again. We also thought about selling REA. You might have seen some research cutting target prices after the stage four lockdowns in Melbourne. Unfortunately for the real estate industry, these lockdowns have probably killed the spring property market boom. This is prime time for the real estate market. As the trees outside start to blossom, the auction season begins, but it isn't going to in Victoria. So that might just dull the REA earnings numbers, see some downgrades. But that's in the price already. That research has been written. And even the broker who dropped their target price said that we would be looking to buy it on weakness. So it's not a cheap stock, but it is a growth stock and it is quality. So we're just going to hold on to it. Now, more interesting, perhaps, is we thought about buying gold. If you go to the strategy piece, you'll see some charts Newcrest and Northern Star, and I could have popped out a few others in the gold sector as well. They have all bottomed in the last couple of days as the markets come off. They have bottomed. They're all down 15 to 20%. It's an opportunity to have another crack at the sector. I'm not sure this market sell-off is going to develop into anything precipitous. 
precipitous that requires you to buy gold barbed wire shotguns and cans of baked beans in your nuclear shelter but it does look like the sector is bottoming in the very short term. So one for the traders, it's not something we would be doing in the portfolio. It would be a trade more than a theme for the portfolio. Uh, we also thought about lightening up on NGM banks, which have disappointed us so far. They're on the slide. But again, we're near the lows. We may not be at the lows, but we'd be selling near the lows at the moment. The longer term lows, that is. The recovery theme is going to take time. But we're going to look through the dip to that economic improvement. We are still confident will occur as virus concerns wane and maybe a vaccine appears or at least treatments improve and death rates fall. It's coming. It's just going to take time. So we're going to hold on to those. And I note resources coming off the top on the charts as well with the rest of the market. But again, you look at the charts in the strategy piece, it's more likely to be a dip than a drop. These stocks, BHP, Rio and Fortescue, they are still cheap. They have significant yields, which are a rarity at the moment. We're halfway through the third quarter and the iron ore price has not come off. It's holding up, which means they're still printing cash. Results for this quarter look like they're going to be good. So there's no real need to worry about BHP and Rio and Fortescue. So holding on to those. Net result out of all that waffle is that we haven't changed anything in our portfolios. Now, more interesting, in our ETF portfolio, I had thought that we are not going to learn anything sitting in one ETF, which is VAS, which is the Vanguard ASX 300 Accumulation Index ETF. That's the only one this hypothetical ETF portfolio is holding at the moment. As I say, we don't feel the need to cash out, so we're not going to sell it. But at some point, there is an opportunity arriving here. It's probably in the market itself. It's probably in the S&P 500. It could be in the NASDAQ and it probably almost certainly is in the FANGs. There is a FANG ETF. I've put a chart in. The code is F-A-N-G. And there is an S&P 500 ETF. I put the chart in as well. IVV, which is the iShares S&P 500 ETF. It is priced in Aussie dollars though. So whilst the Aussie dollar has been rising recently, it's been underperforming the S&P 500. We need to get our heads around which ETFs are hedged, unhedged. Haven't quite done that yet for you, but we'll address that. But as the ETF education carries on, I think what we'll be doing is at some point we'll be rotating the VAS holding into the other major ASX ETF exposures, which includes A200, STW and IOZ. And we are going to add, if we can get the timing right, we'll add an S&P 500 ETF and we'll add a FANGS ETF. I don't want to, there are lots of ETFs. We could play all sorts of games here, but I think as we go down the learning curve or up the learning curve, that's what we're looking to do at this point. So at some point, we are going to be holding four ASX index exposures, and that is more for our education and experience. We'll see which one performs best, which one's got quirks, 
or whether they're all the same, and we'll move into the US and try and time this technology sell-off. All a bit of fun. Look out for that. Finally, I have a couple of quick bits on director buying. There's some shenanigans going on in clean tech, which is CLQ. Have a look in the strategy piece. It's caused a pop in the share price. I think it's also going to, as it has a speeding ticket and the moment goes past, I think it will also now probably have a drop. And there's also, interestingly, in a $64 million market cap company, four directors have bought the stock on the same day, not in massive size, but in significant size. You can have a look in the strategy piece what company that is. Meanwhile, a couple of technical observations. There are sell signals anywhere, everywhere rather. And I've put another couple in there today. So that's about it. Now, Henry is going to be on Ask an Analyst on our Facebook discussion group live at 5 p.m. Make sure you click in the email to sign up for our two webinars, which I have to tell you have in, I think in an hour, we have 500 seats in an hour. We were over 400 on Chris's technical look at the ASX 20 and Henry's market macro factors is selling out fast. It's not selling out. We're not charging members anything for it. But the number of seats we only can have 500 or go to webinar charge us a few more grand. We may have to charge for these webinars. Maybe we'll get some non-members to hand us their cash. That would be nice. Anyway, you have a good day. As I leave you, market down 58. Not great. I will see you again tomorrow with the weekend email. (laughs) 